the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2012 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, tonight, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. If you don't know about this show, the show is divided in two parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we talk about history, politics, religion, uh, and, you know, other aspects. And tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit about taxes with our one of our accountants, Alex Kuzma. But first, Beth, let's see. Do we have any email questions? We do indeed. This is from Harry. Hi, Mr. Connors. Do you still have that talk show on Saturday nights? I have okay, a question. Do you want me to answer that question? Yeah, first? I think okay. so. Let's go with that first. Okay, we're still on Saturday nights, but we get interrupted a lot because of basketball. Earlier in the year, we get interrupted because of football, and occasionally even some you know World Series games and things like that. So the station, so that we don't get canceled as much, we have a show now Sunday mornings at eleven o'clock. We're still on when football, basketball games permit, hockey games occasionally. On Saturday nights. On Saturday nights at 6, and then they replay it Sunday mornings at 8. I mean, I'm sorry, Saturday mornings at 8, Sunday mornings at 11. So Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock is on WMCA. Correct. Um, 570. And on Sunday, it's on 970, just like Saturday night. So 970 on Sunday at 11 o'clock. That's our, that's our new time. So three times... During the weekend, you can try to catch us. (laughs) All right. So now to the question. I have a question to ask on the show. My dad passed three years ago. My mother is 90. She made a will in 1985 with when her mind was sound. She gave me possession of it over my other four siblings and made me promise not to give it to anyone, even her, until she dies. Now that she is old, my siblings convinced her to hire a lawyer to change her will to favor them. Number one, if she is influenced to change the will, now that she's old and easily influenced, what are the chances a judge will honor the original will? Number two, can her attorney order me to surrender her will to him or her? Best regards. 
And a lot of this, you know, when you say this, a lot depends on your mother's mental status. A question I have going back, if if Harry came into the office, are you talking to your mom? Is she, you know, I I know she has diminished capacity, but is she saying anything? Is she telling you, yes, she's changed the will? How do you know she changed the will? And again, when you say it's her attorney, is it really her attorney or is it your siblings' attorneys? These are questions of fact. Ordinarily, and I hate to say it, but it's true, if this case goes to trial after you're gone, you have the old original will, you have the later will, in most cases it ends up in a settlement. And But at the same time, maybe you can get some facts together. You can talk to your mother, maybe have a witness with you when you talk to your mother and see what she says. See if she knows she did a later will. You know, and, and if she does know she did a later will and that's what you wanted, well, that's what you wanted. In some circumstances, what I might do in this circumstance, take your original will and file it in the surrogate's court for safekeeping where your mother lives. So this way it'll be protected and should be preserved in case something happens to your mother. And of course, make a photocopy of the will. Don't take the staples out because that causes a problem. But you may want to put the the will on file in the court for safekeeping, and that would preserve some of your rights. Again, I would talk to your mother. I might have a witness with you because one of the problems, it's not necessarily a problem. One of the things about will challenges and will cases, you know, let's say you have different children involved. None of the children usually can directly testify to any conversation they had with the parent. You need an independent witness. So you may want somebody else who's not one of the children to witness it. Could it be an in-law? Could it be your wife? Could it be your son? Yes, I think it would be stronger if it was a, a friend or an aunt, uncle and aunt, brother or sister to your mother. But talk to her and, and find out what she's saying. And, and, you know, hopefully it's not as bad as you think and maybe the will is fair. But what I would do, I would take the original will. I would file it in the surrogate's court where your mother is currently residing. Make sure you keep the receipt, have the index number and so forth. And, and a lot of these things, it depends. What are the facts? What are the facts as perceived? Not necessarily what the facts are in truth, but what is the facts as they are perceived? And of course, the court's going to look at 90-year-old person. 90-year-old person can still make a will. But the question was, what was, what was their level of capacity? Were they capable of making a will? Of course, if your mom has a doctor, if the doctor will talk to you and he doesn't have to, but if the doctor will talk to you, maybe the doctor will give you a report saying mom's mental capacity if you tell the doctor what's going on. And I mean, the doctor does not have to talk to you, but if you have a healthcare proxy or prior private attorney from mom, the, the doctor may talk to you and may write a statement what he thinks mom's mental capacity is. And at the same time, figure out where mom's been to a doctor. If you can, find out what hospital she's in, because later on you can get her medical records. After death, you can subpoena them. So, I mean, I hate to say, like, you're, you're, you're fighting litigation before your mom dies, but if you really suspect that your brother and sisters are not doing the right thing, then I think you got to prepare for that litigation. Now, each week, Kevin McCullough asks one of a- answers or I should say we answer the question that Kevin McCullough gets posted to his radio show. And so, Kevin, what's the question of the week? Hi, Kevin McCullough. One of the promises we make and keep to you each week is that Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan Law Firm will come and answer one of your questions. Uh, you know him from Ask the Lawyer. It's uh, Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on AM 570 The Mission and Sunday mornings at 11 on AM 970 The Answer. Uh, but, Mike, this week's question comes from Carl, and he says, my daughter took my original will out of my vault. How dare she? And I was told a copy is not sufficient. So why do I need an original? Well, this is one of the common misconceptions that people have. If they have a copy of a will, it is sufficient. If you do not have an original will, it is presumed under the law that you revoke that will, you tore it up. 
So to over- overcome that presumption is not very easy. Of course, in this case, Carl can do a new will, but let's figure out where he keeps it because he should keep it in a safe place where somebody's not just going to grab it and maybe destroy it. But if you have no original when you're, when you're gone, it under the law, it's presumed that you do not have a will and then the state writes a will for you. And sometimes that can be very advantageous for some people. Let's say this daughter received part of her inheritance ahead of time. You know, she received some money to buy a house, and he's making that up in his will. Well, she tears up the will, and all of a sudden it becomes equal shares with her siblings. Oh, wow. Uh, well, let me ask you the reverse question. So if she has the original and then he comes and he does another original, uh, what if both originals end up in a, in a court dispute? Well, it's the later original. So it's done by date. That's a, that's a silly question. I should have known the yeah. answer to that. Um, the later d- dated original, then you're presumed to have provoked the uh, the prior will. Of course, if they say something different, yes, that could lead to a court battle, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, that's why they hire Connors and Sullivan, to help them make sure that they don't have those kinds of issues. So, friends, if, if you've got questions about your will or your estate or wanting to make sure that you have the best tax advantages, uh, not only for you, but for your um, uh, inheritees as well, uh, call Connors and Sullivan today. They are the number one law firm in New York uh, tri-state area for getting this stuff done. 718-238-6500, recognized by their peers as one of the finest in the business. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. And again, don't miss Mike's show. Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 570, The Mission. Sunday mornings at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks again to Kevin McCullough. You can hear Kevin McCullough Monday through Friday on 970, The Answer. Of course, he does a show with John Katzmatidis on Wednesdays. And you can hear him Monday through Friday on WMCA, The Mission, 570, The Mission. So again, thank you, McCullough. Thank you for uh, posting our email address and you know i don't think we have enough we spend enough time on this probably beth what's our email ask mike connors at gmail.com ask mike connors at gmail.com and if your question is such that you'd rather it not be answered on the radio please let us know and we'll have you somebody email you back and of course you can always give our office a call at 718-238-6500 718-238-6500 we're going to take a break and we'll be back in a few minutes whether you need help with drafting a will or trust power of attorney health care proxy living will or protecting your assets from nursing home costs connors and sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests the professionals at Connors and Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. There is no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning at all. Call Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown, Manhattan, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. This is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Adult stem cell research is nothing new. It has been going on for decades and, in fact, has proven helpful in treating various diseases. In the process of this research, nobody has to be killed in order to obtain the stem cells. 
Embryonic stem cell research, on the other hand, only began in 1998 and does involve killing a new human life in order to obtain the cells. The number of diseases that have been successfully treated with embryonic stem cells is zero. They have shown no medical benefit. And even if they did, such activity is immoral. The end does not justify the means. Adult stem cells have treated various forms of leukemia, sickle cell disease, anemia, and carcinoma. Embryonic stem cells have succeeded in nothing. This is Father Frank Lavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Right now, we have one of the most valued employees at Connors & Sullivan, rolled agent with the IRS, Alex Kuzma. How are you today, Alex? I'm doing well, thank you. Tell the audience a little bit about your background. Where did you go to college? Um, I actually went to college to two different countries. So my um, home country, which is Ukraine, I have a master's degree as a teacher, math teacher, and I went to college here in America. I went to, um, but I only got the associate degree because, you know, when you, when you came here with the two little children and you have to raise them, um, so you have to work. So I got the um, accounting degree as an associate accounting degree um, here in America. Okay. So what is your job at Connors & Sullivan? Okay. Originally, 15 years ago, almost 15 years ago, I started as a clerk and now I'm the enrolled agent before IRS. I took the exam um, and I'm doing tax returns and doing accountings. Obviously, some clients ask you questions. What's one question that's asked often? Specifically, um, like because of the new tax law, they ask, will the new federal law affect my um, state, state tax, or how soon I should come in f uh, for another consultation to update my estate planning on, like, what kind of changes. Okay. Um, and the, the first question, getting back to it, how does a new change in federal estate tax affect your New York state estate tax? Now, estate taxes, for those of you not that familiar with it, basically it's a death tax. New York state imposes a tax on your death on your assets over currently $5.7 million, and they take... An extremely high percentage of your assets over that amount. In fact, you're taxed at almost 110% on the first amount that goes over the $5.7 million. So if you're in that category, you better do some planning. And the thing is, the federal government now, fortunately, has been moved to $11,400,000. So where some people make a mistake in their planning, you know, they read in the newspaper, a single person, there's no tax between husband and wife. But a single person reads in the newspaper, there's no federal estate tax under $11,400,000. And New York State doesn't impose an estate tax under $5,700,000. And they say, well, I've got everything pretty well planned out. I've got roughly $6 million, so I probably ha don't have to do any real planning because it's free of federal tax. And if New York State doesn't impose a tax on the first $5,700,000, how much can they tax me on, on $6 million? And the, the, the problem is, Alex, can you tell them how much the tax would be there? 110%. Yeah. So we're talking about $330,000 in taxes. So that's criminal, but that's what it is. So if you're in that bracket, if you're close to $5 million plus in assets, you should do some sta state, New York State estate tax plan. Of course, the best thing might be to move to Florida where there's no tax. But assuming you're going to be somebody like me who's going to die in New York because that's your home, then you better do some New York State estate tax planning. How often should you review your documents? That's hard to say, but at the very least, you should take a look at them every 10 years. Of course, 
factors change. You may have a brother or sister who was an executor 20 years ago, and your children, let's say, in the teenagers, and, and now they're adults. So maybe you should change the executor from your brother or sister to your son or daughter. Maybe your tax situation, maybe you did a will years ago when you didn't have that much in assets. And today, you have some, some assets that you want to protect. You know, there's no set answer, but at least every five years, you should take a look at your documents, see if anything changed. And every 10 years, you should touch base. And if you're not on top of this stuff, tax laws have changed. Most of the time now, over the last 15 years, tax laws have changed to our benefit as far as estate taxes. Things have gone up dramatically since back in the early 2000s till today. But still, you may want to take a look at it. Don't panic. The federal estate tax right now is under 11400000 There's no tax. There's no tax between husband and wife. Same, there's no tax between husband and wife in New York State. But New York State does impose an estate tax under $5.7 million. And if you ask the question, what's part of my estate, don't ask the question, it's part of your estate. As far as New York State is concerned, everything you own directly or indirectly is part of your estate. It could be a life insurance policy you own. It could be a death benefit work with beneficiaries. It could be a joint bank account. It could be a house and trust. As far as New York is concerned, everything is part of your state and is subject to tax. One of the problems I find out talking to people sometimes after things happen is a lot of people don't realize, let's say if their house is in a trust or even if they inherit their house under a will, ordinarily they do not have to pay, if it's done right, they do not have to pay income tax, capital gains tax on the sale of the property. Can you just explain that for a second? It's all. It's usually happened when after when the property is sold after a person passed away because they um but the beneficiary is actually inheriting not only the property but the stepped up cost basis. The value of the property is the market value as of the decedent's date of death. If you're selling, that's why we recommend to sell the property after that, not before. Uh, because um, any sale before that, it's a huge capital gain tax um, if the property was purchased um, like 40 or 50 years ago. Yeah, a lot of our clients, they purchased the property for $30,000, whatever, 40 years ago, and now the house is worth $1 million, $2 million, whatever. That's a huge capital gain. Yes, if it's your personal residence, you get a $250,000 exclusion, two hundred fifty for husband, two fifty for wife. But if you sold the property a day before your parent passed away, you might pay $500,000 in capital gains tax. If you sell it after your parent passed away, you pay zero capital gains tax. And one mistake I see a lot of times, some accountants, they don't really understand the nature of the stepped-up basis. In other words, if you have a house and a trust where you control the beneficiaries, which is 90% of the trusts we do at Connors and Sullivan, the day you pass away, that house steps up to the date of death value. So if your house is worth a million dollars on the day you pass away, your children sell that house a few months later for a million dollars. As far as capital gains, income taxes, they put a million dollars in their pocket. Yes, there's some closing costs and things like that. But for the most part, they put everything in the pocket from the sale. Sometimes I've seen accounts who don't report it properly. They think because it was transferred to a trust, you don't get the stepped up basis. And a lot of times what I've seen more often, let's say we have an investment property, husband and wife, worth $2 million or whatever. Husband dies, whether it's in a trust or just in his name joint. The wife gets a stepped up basis on his half, $1 million. And we're not going to talk about somebody who inherited a property, who bought a property before 1977, because that's a separate set of rules. In a lot of cases, what I've seen people forget, let's say husband and wife dies, husband owns half the house, even if it's joint tenants with right of survivorship. Husband dies, the house worth $2 million, it's being rented. The wife can depreciate a $1 million off the rental income, which means more than $25,000 of the net rents don't get taxed. And, and how many times have you seen that either forgotten, never done? Many times, because specifically if the property is in a trust 
the accountant, for some reason, they forgot to uh, depreciate um, the stepped-up cost basis for the husband or wife's half. Even if the property was tra- uh, was transferred to the trust and both grantors passed away and the children decided not to sell the property, even in this situation, I've seen so many times that we have to um, file amended return, we have to correct that returns because um, the accountant never used the step-up cost basis. Yeah, you see, a lot of times accountants are very familiar what happens when people are alive, but they're not Maybe some of them are not on top of their game when somebody passes away because a whole different set of rules get into play. And that's part of what Alex does at Connors and Sullivan. Yes, (laughs) I do that. (laughs) Okay, so another problem that occurs, people get confused about if their assets in a trust, do their income taxes go up? And it can be done in such a way where your income taxes do not go up. Can you explain, Alex, about a K-1? Okay, there is two different options to pay your tax. You can pay tax through the through the trust or estate, and it's a tax a tax rate that's higher than um, if we can pass off the the uh, ordinary income or capital gain to the beneficiary or to the grantors of the trust, and they can pay the tax on their personal level if they're tax rate is all over. So this is a, it's an advantage because um, the, specifically for the ordinary income, the tax rate usually lower, the personal level. And let me ask you something. Let's say you're handed a file or you're working on a file. Do you want the government to get money from our client? No. <laughs> and why is that? <laughs> because I believe that if I, if I live all my life and earning money, trying to save for my children or my relative, if I don't have a children, I believe that money should go to them, not to the government. Okay. Very good. Thank you for joining us tonight on Ask the Lawyer. Oh, you're very welcome. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash Fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646 and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank. NMLS number 403503. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? 
These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. A lot of you know we talk about history, politics, religion in our Connor's Corner segments. And tonight we're going to be talking with a local historian, Thomas Whitford. He's he's talking about Brooklyn and about Dr. Susan McKinney Stewart, who was the first African-American doctor from in the United States, I believe. And Mr. Whitford now is going to tell her her story in honor of Black History Month. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. We're in Black History Month. If you're driving around close to the Brooklyn Navy Yard, there's a school, the Dr. Susan McKinney Secondary School of the Arts. Who was Dr. McKinney? So we brought in a local historian, Thomas Whitford from the Marine Park Civic Association, and he can tell us the answer to that question. Who was Dr. McKinney? Hi, Mike. How are you? Uh, Dr. Stewart was born in Crown Heights in Brooklyn. Um, she was motivated to enter medicine by the death of her two brothers in the Civil War and the 1866 New York cholera epidemic that affected Brooklyn. Susan also nursed a sick niece during this ec- epidemic that killed over 1,100 people. Although her father was a wealthy farmer, Dr. Stewart Uh, paid her own way to go to medical school by teaching music. She, um, uh, at at that time, men openly taunted women who who attempted to become doctors. In 1867, she attended the New York Medical College for Women and graduated as valedictorian in 1899. Dr. Stewart also did postgraduate work at Long Island College Hospital she was the third African-American woman to earn a medical degree in the United States and the first in New York State. She practiced medicine in Manhattan and Brooklyn most of her life. Her medical career focused on prenatal care and childhood diseases. From 1870 to 1895, she ran her own practice in Brooklyn and co-founded the Brooklyn Woman's Homeopathic Hospital and Dispensary. McKinney Stewart sat on the board of of practice medicine at the Brooklyn Home for the Aged of Colored People. In 1911, she attended the Universal Race Congress in London, 
where she delivered a paper entitled Colored Women in America. Dr. Stewart's professional accomplishments were numerous, including as author, woman's suffrage advocate, and missionary work. She led the way for women to overcome racial stereotypes and obstacles to become doctors. Recently, there was a community event at Nostrand Avenue and Prospect Place, Brooklyn, to honor Dr. Stewart on the 100th anniversary of her death and co-naming street ceremony. Dr. McKinney Stewart is buried in Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn. What's also interesting about her family, her sister, Sarah J. Garnett, was the first African-American female principal in New York City public schools. She was taught by her grandmother, Sylvia Hobbs. She was the oldest of 11 children. She was a teaching assistant at age 14 in 1845 with a salary of $20 per year. She also was a business person. Uh, she had a, uh, a seamstress business in Brooklyn. Now, let me ask you something. You said her two brothers died in the Civil War. Do you know why or how? No, I don't know that. You know, so they might have been, they might have been obviously military men. I, it could be. I don't know. I can't even imagine that somebody in the 19th century, the number of, of women doctors extremely rare. And I would assume that the number of African-American medical doctors at that time was extremely rare. She must have been a woman of incredible ambition and intelligence. I would say that. So supposedly she spent a lot of her time studying to advance herself. And again, as a woman being in a medical school that was basically uh, populated by men, they gave her an extremely difficult time. I would imagine that that would be any woman at that time. I guess that's true. You know, because it was a, wouldn't say it was a prejudice, but it was a belief. Right. She had a street naming. Where was the street naming? The street naming was fairly recent. It was at uh, Nostrand Avenue in Prospect Place in Brooklyn. Do you know where she lived? I believe she lived on DeKalb Avenue. That was one of the homes that she had downtown Brooklyn. And what stories, whatever else can you say about her? What, what have you found out in your research? Basically, um, the, the research is, would say that she's just did some incredibly outstanding accomplishments for someone in that period of time. Now, she was a suffragette. So, you know, we have to go back. She may have been a medical doctor, but she was not allowed to vote. Correct. During her lifetime, I assume. Right. But she seemed to uh, be working with women to get women very much interested in politics. The other thing that seems to be interesting about this family, they, since uh, she uh, made so many accomplishments in medicines and her sister became the first uh, uh, principal in, in Brooklyn, um, that her family was, uh, parents were very much interested in uh, civic affairs and seemed to be very much concerned. You said her father was a wealthy f farmer. Correct. But she had to teach music. To get, she to she she decided school. to teach. That was something she did voluntarily. And you don't know why. I mean, I know we're going back. In I don't. I really don't years. know why. But I I think that she was just um, an extraordinary person. That she used her own money and worked hard to work her way through medical school. I don't think there were too many medical schools at that time either. A lot of doctors no. didn't go to medical no. school back in the. No. And then, you know, the only the medical century. school that was around at that time. Um, was the in, in Brooklyn was the Long Island College Hospital, which was located down by Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. And I wonder if they would have allowed women to matriculate back then. Um, I don't know, but why do you think it's important? Now she's in Greenwood Cemetery, right? Correct. Does she have a special marking, or is it? Uh... 
I believe there is a special marking there. So right. on the I've green seen waste- a copy, a, 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 a picture of what looks like a grave marking. So if you're taking one of those tours of Greenwood Cemetery, there's a good shot. You can they'll spot out. I would grave. say there would be a good shot. You could see it because she deserves to, you know, be remembered Absolutely. in history. Absolutely. Any other comments we have about her? I mean, in this Black History Month. No, no other comments that I found. It's 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 amazing that there's such interesting people, but you have to do a lot of research to get all the material about them. Right, because, you know, a lot of people don't really understand, you know, like history, a lot of times we just talk about the major, major fig- and, and figures. And there are a lot of interesting people, the secondary people, the people who accomplished an awful lot. But if their names weren't in the newspapers and if they weren't in the, the first page of the history books, they're forgotten and she deserves to be remembered. Absolutely. All right. It seems when you do research on any of these people, you the question you always seem to be asking yourself at the after you read the article is, why didn't anybody tell me about this person before, since they did so many outstanding things? Well, thank you for bringing history to life, Tom. Thanks, Mike, for letting me be here. Thank you. Whether you need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. There is no no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning at all. Call Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. 
Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Our next guest is going to be Fran Tarkington, who has an, a, a new book out, Safe and Secure. Now, we talked to Fran Tarkin a couple of years ago on, uh, on his book, The Power of Failure, and he was talking about the Super Bowl, and he says losing those Super Bowl games led to his personal growth, the power of failure. And Fran Tarkington was... Very interesting quarterback because he he was not the traditional drop back quarterback that we were used to. Like when Joe Namath was leading the Jets, part of the time Fran Tarkin was leading the New York Giants across the river. Fran Tarkin was a scrambler. He never stood in the pocket. He was always running. And there was always a debate. Was that the best way to, to quarterback a team or not? Was it better to have a scrambler? Or was it better to have a straight drop back quarterback? And of course, Fran Tarkenton was the scrambler. Joe Namath was the drop back quarterback. And of course, he had bad knees, so he didn't do a lot of running back in those days. But now Fran Tarkenton, he's worried about elder abuse and people taking advantage of other people through different scams through, and a lot of times, as we all know, it's the relative that's, you know, maybe taking advantage of the elderly parent. So let's listen to what Fran Tarkin has to say on Connor's Corner. A few years ago, we had on NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Fran Tarkington, and he had a book, uh, The Power of Failure, which gave us an interesting perspective on, on losing and what we can learn from it. But he's got a new book out right now, and... Fran, why don't you tell us about it? Okay, uh, this book, uh, I happen to be a senior. And, no kidding. Uh, I, uh, and, and, and I've been doing research the last couple of years on an epidemic that is, is, is really growing, and it's the seniors that are, are being financially, uh, uh, it's the seniors being financially abused. And uh, I, I did research on it for two years, and it's affected my family. It's affected about every family that I've talked to over the last two years. We did a lot of research and found that this is this is a this is epidemic and and what's happening and you know my my age person the, the seniors in this country today have most of the money and if you have most of the money, people are going to try to get your money and of course we have the scam artists who are out there the that are get your information off the internet, get it from the credit bureaus, get it from the banks. They they're doing that. Identity theft is out there, uh, and then you got the robocalls. They're out there hitting these seniors and scaring them. The worst part of this is that's not the biggest threat. The biggest threat are family members, caregivers, and people who try to isolate these seniors, thinking that. You know, I I should get this money, and I want to make sure I do get this money. So the the, the leading perpetrators of this are children of of, of uh, and grandchildren and cousins and nephews of these seniors that have money, and they are uh, preying upon these people and trying to isolate these seniors, and and they're being successful. And so I did a lot of research on this, and we put up a, a book. Read it an hour and fifteen minutes, and it's it's uh, I put ten, ten essential steps for seniors to protect them, and and what we've done is put a put a solution here that you can stop this from happening, and it's it, and it's awful. It's just awful thing. You can't stop it from happening. First thing you've got to do is acknowledge that it is happening, and then go about simplifying your finances. Make sure you don't have one person who's uh, isolating you, that you got to build a team of people, got to build a, a virtual wall of, 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 of uh, trusted friends 
with, with that could be lawyers, could be accountants, could be financial advisors, could be a family member, but who are checks and balance for each other. If you are being isolated by one of the family members or caregivers, boy, that's a, that's a problem. And so that's what we've done, and the book has been wonderfully received. And and because this is a this is a major major uh, problem uh, today uh, for these seniors that not only are not uh, you know haven't lost their fastball yet or not diminished, uh, but they still have uh, their wits. And 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 they need to build this wall, and that's what we show them that it can be stopped, and and you can and you can get this thing back on track, and that's the purpose of the book. Okay, well, let me ask you something. A lot of times, I see people. Let's say at seventy, they're sharp, they're in full control of yes. the situation. Let's say they get to be eighty-five, they're a little frail, and and they might have a tendency to sign what's ever put in front of them. The same person over fifteen years will say, "How do you prevent that?" Or how do you protect against that? Well, I think that what which, which you've said, it's just, you, you've got seniors, and it starts maybe at 50, 55, that have their wits about them. They, 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 but, but they're not doing a very good job of, 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 of preserving uh, their money, and they're, they're being attacked. Anybody that's got money uh, is going to be attacked in, in, in some form or fashion. And now, and it should be started while you do have your wits. Now, if, you, if you're demented, if you've got Alzheimer's, you've got those problems, you, the senior, cannot go and fix that. Hopefully you've got some family members who understand that, uh, and their fights going on today between sisters, between brothers, between brothers and sisters that want to get, get more than their share of the money. And, and, and that's the thing that we, there, there are two parts here, seniors that are not able to take care of their own, own funds, and other seniors are fully capable, but we need a plan for both situations. So what do you recommend the people to do? Without, I, we, obviously, we can't go through the whole book, no. but what, what's well, the general I think, scope? I think the number one thing for people to do is recognize you've got a problem and that if you have money, uh, people are going to come and try to get that money because they think they, they, they deserve the money. And build a little uh, virtual wall around you and go go find uh, why you've got your wits. Someone in your family that that you think is trustworthy, but don't just have it for one person. Try to find a family friend who's a lawyer, another family friend who's a, who's a financial advisor, and put this team of people together to be able to help manage your your your, uh, your your finances with you uh, in, into the area of when you finally are demented or you you have uh, a problem uh, some kind of problems with your uh, ability to be able to help yourself and so it, it really it needs to help both both sides of the coin and and it's not rocket science it's the recognizing simplifying, and 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 getting a team of people that are can 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 be your security blanket. The name of the book: Safe and Secure: Ten Essential Steps for Seniors to Protect Against Financial Abuse. The author, legendary quarterback Fran Tarkenton. Thank you for being on Connor's Corner. Thank you. You know, listening to Flan, Fran Tarkenton, one lesson you can take out of it, and he, and he says you have to have different contacts. You have to have your lawyer, your doctor, your relatives, or whatever. But one of the things I suggest. Do your documents as an early an age as possible. Because here's the thing, you know, and I see this all the time. You have a 90-year-old aunt or uncle. Everybody's saying you should do a will, you should do a will. And they're not sure what to do. And it, it, it becomes very painful sometimes because nobody wants to overly influence them. At the same time, they want them to do a will and do some planning. 
dual will of have attorney healthcare proxy now. You're going to be able to think clear more clearly today than you will 10 years from today. And you can always change your plans if you want to. You're not locked into to these plans. One of the things I suggest is do a PAV attorney with somebody you can trust. Now, it's not always that easy, and I know that. And that's some sometimes one of the things we have to talk about to figure out, you know, the the, the right plan for you. There's, there's no one right answer. But ordinarily, family members first. And maybe if you have two kids or three kids, maybe you put all three on the PAV attorney. So you have a little bit of a check and balances. And I mean, that's a suggestion. That's not always the right answer. And, and if you give a PAV attorney to the wrong person, you know, they can wipe you out and they can steal you blind. Another thing on your PAV attorney, which a lot of people don't realize, we can put a clause in the PAV attorney that nobody can use the PAV attorney until a medical doctor or a psychiatrist or a combination of medical doctors writes a letter saying you don't have the mental capacity to handle your affairs in a competent manner. You got to be careful what you wish for because a lot of times doctors don't want to get involved. They don't want to write that letter and it can be a hassle at the end, but it is a protection. You know, at least nobody can use that PAV attorney until you're not mentally, If as long as you're mentally alert, nobody can use it till after. And of course, some people say, well, you know what? I'll do the have attorney when I'm not alert. Well, you can't do it that way. You don't. You have to have the mental capacity to sign the PAV attorney. So you got to do it relatively when you're, you know, I'm not saying young. You could be 90 years old and do a PAV attorney, but you'd rather do it today than 10 years from today. Because no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, you can probably think clearly today than you will be able to think 10 years ago. So do your planning now. And again, if you want to do your planning with Connors and Sullivan, you're more than welcome. We heard Kevin McCullough, but uh, Beth, what's our email where you want, if you want to ask a question for us on the email. AskMikeConnors at gmail.com. AskMikeConnors at gmail.com. Now, I don't really understand a lot of the social media that's going around, but I, I know you can like us on Facebook. And, and Chris Cordani, how do you like us on Facebook and why should you like us on Facebook? Well, go on the Facebook page, Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. It's easy to find. And you like it because you can follow what's going on here. Know who's going to be on the next show, who was on the past shows. If you miss some, we have uh, some of the uh, our YouTube channel videos on there and links to the podcast page where you can catch all of the shows on the website, Ask MikeTheLawyer.com. Like that. AskMikeTheLawyer.com. Check us out on ConnorsAndSullivan.com and on Twitter, where Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law. Okay, now getting to a personal note, Beth, you know, last week we were in California, and part of our time in California, we went to see the John Wayne Cancer Institute. It really was very impressive. I found we went to a repository. And this is one of the things, you know, my father was an uh, ear, nose and throat surgeon. And I have my brother that y'all have heard on the show before. He was president of Cooper Clinic and then president of um, Texas Tech Med School. And now he's still the president of Texas Tech Med School, but he's also the chancellor at Texas Tech. Um, everyone in my family has been touched by cancer. My father died from it. My mother died from it. Um and what was so marvelous was the cancer research that's being done at the John Wynn Cancer Institute and this repository. They have been collecting tissue samples from people that had cancer for over 30 years. And they have been saving these tissue samples in their freezers. And each sample says what procedure was done, how they tried to get rid of the cancer, and then the follow-up, did it work, did it not work, did it work a little bit, 
And so they've collected that for all these years and they share it with other researchers around not just the country, but around the world. Um, I know that they've been working um, with people in Israel and on the way back from California, you know, I was reading that now there's some physicians in Israel saying they think they're going to have a cancer cure within a year. So, um, the beauty of the John Wayne Cancer Institute is they, they're not jealous of their work. They share it with whomever they think might need the information that they have in their repository and then their ongoing research with cancer. Um, melanoma, breast cancer, I believe those were the two they started with, but now they have expanded um, because you know, I grew up listening to my family talk about it, but there are all different types of cancers. Um, so I liked it so much because the people are so good. And I'm saying that because everybody in research knows, look, if you go out and you start, you have your own practice, you can make a whole lot more money than you do as a researcher, as a research physician, and so we met the doctors and of course we've known the some of the people in the Wayne family and they're just they've done this out of a sense of love for their father and just trying to help everybody else in the world. As you know, John Wayne had stomach cancer and he called it the big C and he didn't want to hide it. He thought long time ago, you know, if you got cancer, nobody wanted to talk about it. But he got on, he said, no, let's talk about it. Let's see if we can, if we can do something about it. And and he himself, um, I don't want to say experimented on, but that's exactly what he, he allowed them to do, um, to try some of the ideas with the cancer to see if it, it didn't help him, but he was willing to be a guinea pig for other people to help them. And Patrick Wayne, of course, was at our Legatus meeting. And then um, Pat, who is John Wayne's son and his daughter, Melinda and granddaughter, Anita, we had lunch with them at the John Wayne Cancer Institute. They're just wonderful people, period. So it was a, a one, a, Great experience. We were so impressed that I think what we're going to try doing in the in the late winter and, and spring, each month we're going to have a five-minute segment with one of the doctors or employees, at, you know, at the John Wayne Cancer Institute. So we're going to spend five minutes talking to them each week and talking a, a little bit about what their job is, what they're doing, what they've accomplished, and and the mission of the John Wayne Cancer Institute. And and one of the things, too, which I some it, it didn't maybe get out in Patrick Wayne's speech at Legatus, but one of the things, too, it's a faith-based right. um, organization. Right. You walk in the door, there's a crucifix right on the door as you walk into the John Wayne Cancer Institute. Their belief is more, it's not just themselves, it's a belief in a higher power, and people working together can accomplish more through faith. So, yes, you feel good. You feel a warmth. You feel a spirituality that you just don't feel in a lot of institutions these days. So it was extraordinary. Okay, again, our our time schedule's right now. It's a little confusing, and you know, sometimes I get confused, but we're on 970 The Answer, 11 o'clock 
Sunday morning. Then we're on the next week, Saturday, 8 o'clock, 570 The Mission. Then if sports games permitting, we're going to be on at 6 o'clock on Saturdays on 9-7 The Answer, just like we've always been on at that time. But the the thing is, we get canceled so much by sports. Our main show, the broadcast, the the one, if you're listening first, is going to be 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings, mornings. 9-70. So I think that's good, at least because we, you know, we we get to talk to so many wonderful people. And if we get canceled because of sports or something, we can... You, maybe people miss some of the the interviews. And if you check us out on Facebook, you can see pictures of our guests each week, and you can get a little bit more information. Uh, you can go to YouTube, and if you've missed any of our our interviews, you can get the podcast or go on YouTube. But thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, the voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. We are gathered, we are gathered here on hallowed ground, the voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. In 1948, the UN published the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, stating that, quote, everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of person. And it also states, everyone has the right to recognition everywhere as a person before the law. Isn't it time for nations to pay attention to these statements when they craft their policies on abortion? This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors & Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.